Our guest today is one of the most accomplished singers in rock and progressive metal. Uh, just released a CD with his solo band. And uh, actually this week, a new Dream Theater CD. I'm talking, of course, about none other than James Labrie. James, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. Great. Thank you, Ross. It's my pleasure. Awesome. So listen, I'll just get started right away. You have so much going on right now with the solo record and... Like I mentioned, the Dream Theater and the, the DVD, and you got movie screenings. I mean, how are you dealing with this crazy, hectic schedule? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely hectic for sure. Um, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I just kind of, um, I, I have a schedule, and I just keep on top of what needs to be done, what needs to be taken care of, and obviously I make sure that the, uh, you know, I don't um, take on more than I can handle. But, it, you know, it's a lot right now because, as you said, you know, my solo album came out at the uh, beginning of uh, August, and then, uh, you know, so there was a lot of promotion for that leading up to it, uh, not to mention John Petrucci and myself went to Europe to do a promotional tour for the uh, the new Dream Theater album, which just came out last week. So there was a whole bunch of promotion going on for that. And then on top of that, we have the DVD live at Luna Park that's coming out in November, but is also being... Uh, screen so it, it's definitely hectic it's just i kind of uh, let my manager or whoever it is that's you know making the uh, the right. arrangements for interviews and so on i let them know what i can handle and when yeah it's, it's i mean it's a good place to be i mean it's it's kind of a of a strange thing where 30 years into you know the dream theater and, and your career it seems like you guys are probably the biggest you've been i mean is that a, a fair statement it's definitely a fair statement. It's an anomaly for sure. I mean, uh, most people thirty years in or close to it are, you know, they're on the uh, the decline, and uh, or else they're at least slowing down. And there's absolutely no sign of that with Dream Theater, and even with my, uh, you know, my solo band. Uh, you know, that that just continues to really build upon itself as well uh, with each release. Um, you know, it's just I think a lot of it has to do with. Um, the kind of band we are and the music that we, yeah. you know, have uh, become known for it really garners um, a fan for life, so to right. speak. I, I think that that has been our blessing, not to mention that we, we tour relentlessly and, uh, you know, our tours are quite extensive and, uh, and we've stayed consistent with that. You know, it's usually anywhere from a year to a year and a half that we tour and then we take about a year off and then within that year, we're also writing and recording. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of been this this two year cyclical uh, situation with tour and recording, tour and recording, and uh, it's it's definitely paid off. I mean, you have to you know really stay committed, but I think you know it's it's what we love to do, and I, that that definitely yeah. says it all right there. So, with Impermanent Residence, which just came out last month, as you said, uh, that's three years since Static Impulse, and and what was the decision to put out a new record this year and were you aware that it was going to be with the dream theater release kind of similar timing was that coincidence accident yeah that was coincidental i mean uh, matt and i matt guillory the keyboard player and myself uh along with uh peter witcher from uh you might know him notably from uh, soil work uh, the guitar player and um right. another guy by the name of nicholas lindeen um, they helped uh, collaborate with Matt and I uh, with the writing of the material, but we started over a year and a half ago. And we really, uh, initially we thought that we'd be done 
the writing stages and getting right into the recording within a year. So the original uh, di- um, time frame that we thought that the permanent resonance was going to come out was last September, okay. around that time, last fall, which would have, you know, really kind of set things up in a, in a whole new way, you know, a different, different outcome. But it, it's, you know, it obviously just everyone has their commitments and obligations, uh, even in the, in the solo band. So it wasn't um, as easily accomplished right. as we thought. But it, then again, you know, at, at the same time, we wanted the, the material to sit with us a bit longer. And we didn't have the pressure from the label Century Media Inside Out. They weren't, you know, knocking on our door going, come on, we need this stuff. They were just willing to wait. And uh, and that was you know that's that's a great situation to be in, but and then at the end of the day you know obviously we had a, a great a great album that we thought anyways and and since then the reviews have been phenomenal but we didn't you know we really didn't see it happening like it did you know coming out about six weeks or so before before the Dream Theater album it right will happen like that and uh, yeah I mean preferably I, I wouldn't want to do that again with the next. Right. I would like it to be, you know, in the uh, the downtime of Dream Theater when it comes out. Yeah, probably would allow you to tour. Is there are tour plans for the solo release? I guess on hold. Yeah, they're on hold uh, right now. The plan is is that obviously I'm I'm starting out with Dream Theater in January to start another world tour. When that wraps up that tour, then uh, we want to start taking out the uh, the solo band in support of the various albums that we've released that you know that won't be for at least a year and a half but it'll still be relevant doesn't matter you know it's the music will still stand stand for itself so with the solo music are you always kind of writing all the time with that and just demoing stuff and and you you put them away or how do you decide well this might be a a good dream theater idea or how does that that work yeah, I mean, you know, there's always seeds that I'm like uh, humming down, singing down, or, or lyrical ideas that I'm, you know, p- uh, penning down. And uh, but to be to give credit where it's due, the main writer is um, Matt Guillory. Um, he he comes up with a lot of the stuff. We do collaborate, and we do pass uh, ideas back and forth, and we do shape and mold it into what it eventually becomes. But he is the, uh, and rightfully so, like, as you can see on this last album, he took producer credit because he, you know, I just thought, you know, for for many years there, I was producing this stuff and it was just like, you know what, I'm going to throw this all to you because really, you you know, you can steer this ship. You know what's going on. You're, you're, you're basically, uh, you're that talented and you know exactly what needs to be done. So, um, you know, Matt is really a big part of this picture and without him, I wouldn't be doing this. And as far as, you know, it, it's always referred to as my solo band or solo album. And that's just because of the name. You know, right. the name is recognizable. But beyond that, it's really, it's a band in itself, and it's the sum of the parts. You know, so, um, but um, a lot of the way that it, that it does develop over the period of time that it takes us to write it is we'll pass ideas back and forth and, uh, and you know, trade files back and forth, and then we slowly shape it and uh, with this album we brought in as I mentioned earlier uh, Peter Witcher was involved in, in five songs and also uh, Nicholas Lundin was uh, another uh, writer involved and he worked with us on a few a few tracks as well just because um, you know we felt that them stylistically as writers would uh, would fit the mold so and it, and it worked out amazingly and it's the same band as as on Static Impulse 
Uh, did that make it easier? You guys know how to work together now, and when you get Absolutely. in the studio, it, it flows? Yeah, and I mean, it's because of those guys. You know, you're, you're referring to Peter Wildewer, the drummer, Marco Sfoli, the guitar player, and Ray Riendo, the bass player. It's because of the kind of players they are. They're all incredibly gifted uh, musicians, and it's their interpretation of the music, and it's their, their style. It's their, you know, their sprinkling, I guess, so to speak, uh, is what really brings these these songs to life. And we did that on purpose, and we, you know, we were really hoping that they would feel the same commitment as we did, and they absolutely did. They were like, listen, guys, we're in this for the long haul. We want to be a part of this. We want to not only record, uh, you know, and be a part of the albums, but we want to also be behind this when it does uh, come time to, to tour and support it in a live environment. So it's great. These guys are phenomenal. And that's why when we did release Static Impulse, right, it was it was really, it just um, really brought something new to the right. front. I mean, I think the real shift in gears for us was when we released Elements of Persuasion. I think that's, Matt and I, Matt and I always refer to that, that album as where we really were able to look at one another and say, I think we found ourselves. And I think that we're really starting to create our own musical identity now and so forth. And I think since Elements of Persuasion with Static Impulse and now the new one in Permanent Resonance, it's really quite evident. And a, and a lot of it comes from who's involved, the players. The solo, well, the solo band, I guess we'll refer to it as, um, yeah, sure. It's a bit more metal sounding, maybe than prog, right? And oh, and absolutely. On this album, went away a little bit from the grunt uh, scream vocals. How yeah. do you decide when you want to do that, or did you go into this album saying we intentionally want to tone that part down a little bit and maybe go a little bit more melodic? Well, you're you're touching on a lot of truths there. Absolutely. I mean, we always refer to the grunt vocals. It's an added tool. It's an added element. I, we look at it, or I should say I do, look at it as, as another instrument. And it's just to really embellish or convey the emotion or the message uh, with, with another dynamic. And um, I think it's very effective. But we've always uh, been very aware that we want to keep that um, very mental... Uh, Minimal, you know, minimalistic. Yeah. I don't know even if that's sure. a word. But I'll, I'll try it. Anyways, sounds good. It works. Um, but um, we've always tried to keep it minimal, and and I think that um, that is what really makes it that much more effective. But you also touched on the melody aspects of this album, and that was 100% the priority. And I remember Matt saying before we even started getting into you know, exchanging files and ideas and, and seeds and all that of, of ideas, that he said, you know what, James, I really want this to focus on the melody, the vocal melody. And he said, and rightfully so, he says, it's your name, you're a vocalist, and you're known around the world, so let's make it so. And he said, and the music will just follow it, and it'll be amazing, trust me. And I did. I said, hey, you know, let's go for it. We have nothing to lose. If we can establish a powerful melody then it's going to be memorable. It's going to be hook-driven. There's no doubt about it. And, and that's the way that it, you know, it took shape, and, and I think it really, really uh, did justice for us. You know? The two singles that we've heard so far, uh, you know, Back on the Ground and uh, Agony are as melodic as they get, and especially with the, the opening track kicks off mm -hmm. with the scream vocals, which you don't expect. Uh, and then right in the same song, it's one of the most catchy choruses on the CD. So that's an amazing dynamic to throw in there, I think. 
Yeah, not to mention the uh, the subject matter was very very dear to me. That that uh, song is about my daughter uh, going through anorexia. Oh wow! So that's what that lyric is all about. And if you look at the anagram, that that's that's what that with the mix up of uh, letters. That's what that's basically. Spelled wow, about. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, but uh, you know, so even more so, I remember when I was uh, writing the lyrics for that. It, it was just really uh, evident to, to both Matt and I that the way that we can really push that that emotion that I was going through, or the whole family for that matter, is that we needed something aggressive to start that song. Right. And not only is the riff freaking monstrous and killer, and that is a Peter Witcher riff, by the okay. way, um, but then you get the onslaught of Peter Wildeur coming in with his freaking great yeah. <laughs> front vocals, and it just grabs you by the neck, and it's like, okay, I'm not letting go until you hear the whole thing. <laughs> well, it was really cool. What's yeah. funny, first of all, let me let me uh, send my regards to your daughter, and hopefully she's okay. She's, um, she's great, you know, it's, it's, yeah, she's definitely back to uh, a healthy individual. Awesome. Right. Um, but when I showed some people who hadn't heard the opening track, and when you present it like that with the screaming as the opening lines, it's like, wow, James is, is doing that now? And it's like, no, hold, hold on a second. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's I not don't him. think so. I'd yeah. like to. I think I might have tried something like that in my younger years, but, but still, you know, any a lot of the vocalists that I've ever heard that do that, that have beautiful, clean vocals, they, they kind of, sooner or later, they pay a price for that. You know, yeah, I don't know uh, how guys, some guys pull that yeah. that stuff off. It sounds really yeah. painful. One other thing uh, with the album and the playing within, you know, these four minute songs is amazing. Especially, you know, Peter's drumming is nuts. Uh, right. You know, well, do you tell guy, him or some of the other guys like what to play, or do they just go off and you say that's right. fantastic? They basically they have a blueprint. You know, by the time they they get the the music, um, you know, once again, Matt Matt is responsible for that once him and I have established what's going on musically, um, you know, he's, he's putting drum programming together. And he is uh, basically just laying down a demo, so to speak, you know. Right. Uh, he's, uh, he's just kind of uh, creating the whole template and blueprint for them that, so that they get the song exactly the way it is from beginning to end. But then at that point, we're, we're asking them to... You know, it's it's not as uh, I guess it's not as interesting or fulfilling as what they make it sound like at the end of it all. Um, but but <laughs> right. it is pretty damn close. You know, it's it's very close. So they really have a, a great guide to to understand what it is that we're trying to achieve, and then they they take it and make it their own. And so, and we're we're really free with that too. I mean, we don't say to them, you know, hey guys, you know, listen, just play within the parameters and nothing like that. We're, right. we're like, okay guys, you, you pretty much get, get the drift here and we want you to really let it go and, and be free. And if we don't like something, then we'll let you know after, but really just go in there and if you feel something, then we need you to do it. Yeah, then the playing sounds more loose and natural and, exactly. and I think that's what, that's what comes out. Uh, so one of the things I guess a lot of people don't know when you're recording an album is do, how much goes into each song and how much time do you spend on each song? Is it a week, a month? And when you get the initial mixes, uh, you know, like when you're uh, starting out uh, as a new band, you go to the car and listen to, to how the mix is. I mean, do you guys do that? What's that kind of process like? Let let some people into to that process. Are you talking about the, the solo stuff or drinks? yeah, no solo? Yeah. So well, uh, oh, either, well, either way, stuff, but uh, yeah, we're we're uh, um, it, it's it's very much unlike 
uh, with Dream Theater. Is Dream Theater, we're in, we're in a room together, and you know, stuff. Uh, we're feeding off one another. We're inspired by one another, and a lot of it, it's it's very prolific. You know, yeah. um, the way that it that it unfolds. Um, with what Matt and I are doing with with the solo band, um, we can be working on an idea for a couple months. You know, easily. Um, and then at times we'll work on it and we'll be done within a, uh, two weeks or something like that, depending on, on what it is and what we're trying to achieve and what the, what the song uh, entails, um, the direction and that. Um, but the, the other thing, too, is um, like you're touching on, uh, you know, when we get back to mixes, when, once we've recorded all our parts individually and then it's, it's up to the mixer, um, we've been very fortunate enough to work with Jens Bogren, and this guy's phenomenal. I mean, for example, you know, uh, we first started working with Jens uh, to mix uh, Static Impulse, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, man, you know, okay, I'm going to send him all these notes, and I did, you know, I sent him all these notes, going, okay, Jens, I want you to pay attention to this, that, and this, and that, you know, w- when this is going on, or vocally what this is doing, drum what this is doing, and uh, can we look at the dynamics and make sure that that's captured and I remember him just coming back to me going, yeah, God, you know, thanks a lot, man. I'm, I'm really on it. And I, I listened to what was coming back to me, the mixes, and I was just floored. Right. So when it came time for him to mix this album, Impermanent Resonance, I remember saying to Matt, you know, I'm just, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to just throw this at, at Jens and go, good luck. <laughs> right. <laughs> Roll my doors off, right? And really, he was like, oh, yeah, man, great. Uh, thanks for entrusting me. I, I know exactly what you guys want. And literally, that's what happened. We kind of threw in this material. He was like, I know what this band's all about. I love the material. I know what I want to bring out, and I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be happy with it. And that was the end result. You know, there might have been a couple tweaks as far as, hey, can you bring the bass line up there? We really wanted that to stand out. Or, you know what, there's that background uh, harmony. I want that to be more predominant and stuff like that. But it was really so, you know, very subtle the suggestion and he's phenomenal you know he just did an absolute stellar job yeah and it's a it's a real underrated element to records is is the mixing it can make or break it it absolutely you can spend all this time in the studio and the mixer it just doesn't get it right and it it ruins the whole thing yeah you lost the magic yeah Yeah, absolutely so so once it's done uh, you get the the final mix as you like it and everything do you sit and listen to it all the way through to get the whole experience well, uh, normally what happens is it's, it's however Jens um, wants to go about which songs he wants to mix and when. It's whatever he's comfortable with or whatever he's feeling, uh, you know, more connected to. So we're getting each song after he's done mixing, and then both Matt and I are listening to it. And then, like I said, if there's any, you know, notes to be made, so be it. But for the most part, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is killer. I think that we, so we wait for everything to be mixed. And at that point, we start to put together the sequencing and what we feel should be the first and should be the last and everything in between. And then at that point, once we've done the sequencing, um, then we get, you know, Jens to to put that together for us. Or we can just do it on our own, right, from our our computers and just throw the songs around and and do that kind of segue Mm -hmm. thing. And then we can listen to it from beginning to end just to make sure. And I think that's when we really get the full picture, you know, and we realize what we've created and how it feels and what the flow is and if anything needs to be, you know, changed as far as the sequencing. But it's at that point that I think that both Matt and I and the other guys, too, 
are really getting a true sense of what you know the end all result is yeah it's pretty a, a amazing moment really it really is i i know that each time that happens it's like i'm a little kid in a candy store right you know, <laughs> listening to it it's just it's a very exciting process that's fun i mean yeah i guess it, it's the same as when you were you know getting that album done 20 years ago as as it is now mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, the achievement of, of finishing something that you love doing for that that whole period yeah and you have more to reflect on you you, you realize that you know I guess when, when you're really young and you get your first album going out, you know, everything is new and you don't realize just, um, you know, what's ahead of you and what it means to be able to retain everything that you're achieving. And uh, its longevity is a blessing, you know. It's, it's so incredible that, you know, for the guys in Dream Theater that we've been able to do this as long as we have and as successful as we've been. And then the same stands true with, with, the, uh, with the solo material each time an album is complete and that it gets that kind of reaction and review um it's just you know it's another uh reflection that you're able to say to yourself uh wow you know i'm really really fortunate to be doing what i love to do and and now i even understand it further it has a a deeper um you know meaning to, to it more so than maybe 20 years ago so much has changed in the music industry obviously that everyone knows uh you know how how do you guys navigate the new way and and are you concerned as much with uh radio airplay and and videos and stuff or or is that just has that changed over over the last 15 years for you guys well no i mean you know it's something that uh you know for dream theater for the most part has been (laughs) consistently elusive uh (laughs) Uh, element, you know, that, that we just kind of, we, we keep hoping. I think, you know, it's, it's funny because now it seems like more of those doors are starting to open for us than, than ever before. Um, and, you know, the same stands true with, with the solo material. Um, a lot of people, I think, you know, automatically they associate when they, when they hear, oh, this is a James Labrie album, they go, wait a minute, that's the singer from Dream Theater. And maybe even before they hear the material, they're already thinking that it's going to be some, you know, uh, epic. <laughs> right, you know, it's a 20-minute 20 20 song with, with yeah, solos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is true with Dream Theater, but not, not necessarily the case with the, uh, with the solo stuff. Um, so, I mean, you're always consciously aware that that is a vehicle and that, that definitely does, does help to promote any artist out there. Um, it's just something that's not easily... Um, achieved just because of the the way that the industry works for the most part and the ones that do have that door kind of swing open for them are uh, generally f- coming from another direction musically yeah, and sure. that's not a bad thing it's just it just so happens to be the way that it's it's been uh, you know for so long but we always look at it we always say you know what I'm not going to ignore it and I don't want us to be ignored as well so let's just keep banging on that door and, and you know, ho- hopefully uh, one day it will open and, and it will be something that will support us. And and we do get a lot of support, you know, I, as far as that goes. It might not be the majors, but we do, you know, and I think it's it's important for us to just, mm-hmm. you know, to keep that option and, and to keep trying to cultivate it as much as we can. You touched on, on something earlier uh, where you said it's you have fans for life, which I think is very true. Do you think mm-hmm. that 
that that's kind of an element that exists within the prog world as well because I, I always kind of felt like that is and today especially the, there seems to be like a resurgence of, of prog music especially over mm-hmm. in Europe and do you feel like that's an advantage now now that the industry's well, changed? A- absolutely it's an advantage and I think it even further uh, promotes a band nowadays because I think that as you're saying, you know, there seems to be a resurgence of, of the, the whole prog um, music um, and, and that whole, I, I don't know, uh, it just that whole situation seems to be, uh, lack of a better term, more mainstream than it's ever been, I think. Yeah. And I think because of that and because of the Internet and that everyone is, you know, really tapped in and they have their fingers on the pulse of what's going on anywhere at any given time, I think there are um, more and more people are aware of it today than ever before that, hey, wait a minute, this is a form of music that maybe I might want to take the time and see if it does ring true with me as well. And I think that a lot of that comes from the masses out there that really do um, stay a part of that movement, and they show themselves most definitely at the the shows, you know, at the concerts. That's when we really see the magnitude, you know, when we see tens of thousands of people coming to our shows, when we see ourselves, you know, almost anywhere in the world and, and playing to full houses, when we go out and we do festival tours and we're headlining in front of 40,000 to 100,000 people. I mean, there's something going on. Right. You know, that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't just happen um, unless there's something that, that supports that and that uh, confirms that. Yeah, I mean, look, I have a nine-year-old son, and, and I've gotten him into the music, and he listens to it in the car and uh, on the way to school, and, you know, good music is good music, and it, it can get handed Hello. down. It doesn't it doesn't matter what genre it is. It's, it's interesting that you say that about your son, because we see that. We see the demographic from kids to 60-plus-year-olds at our shows. It's, it's not unlike going to, to see Rush right. or anything like that. If you look out at Rush's crowd... They're still bringing in 12 and 13 year olds or even younger, and all the way up to the fans that have been there since the early 70s. So, you know, it really does prove that this music, you know, it, it, it just, it, it just, people endear themselves to it, you know, and, and they are enriched by it, and they want to be a part of the movement. They want to be a part of it until that band, those artists, decide to call it a day. So, right. I, you know, just it's a it's an amazing situation. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. I, listen, I know you got to run. I just I want to mm-hmm. touch on uh, on the new Dream Theater album, if, if we can, sure. since it did come out last week. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having heard it now for a week myself, it's it's incredible. Some of the best work uh, I, I think you guys have done. And what I feel like the response has been pretty awesome. How are you guys receiving the, the, the feedback? The, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive as far as we're concerned. It's, it's amazing no matter, uh, you know, where we go and what reviews we're reading and even going on to the various forums um, and hearing what people are saying. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, 9 out of 10 are, are liking it. And obviously you're not going to satisfy everyone. Uh, you know, people are looking for, fans are looking for this or that, and not necessarily is it going to be a part of what we're doing currently. Um, although we feel that, you know, we're, we're taking it where it needs to go and, and it truly represents uh, who and what we are at this particular moment in our career. Right. So I think that, you know what, uh, you know, we've all spoke to one another in the band and with management and with the label and everyone is absolutely ecstatic 
with the response. Um, you know, we couldn't be happier. And, uh, you know, it just goes to prove that the Dream Theater machine, like, we're, we're all, you know, it's quite vibrant, and, um, and we're all, you know, we're not slowing down at all. But at the same time, it's also showing that the Dream Theater fan base is it's still growing, you know. It's just, right. it's really a, a a really absurd situation. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm not I'm not going to complain. Listen, yeah. uh, but everything's great. Everything is really cool. I, I I guess my my last question is uh, one I've always been curious about, which is when you guys are going out on tour. How do you pick which songs to play, especially when you could fill an hour and a half with four songs if you wanted to? So yeah, ha- how do you decide? Yeah, well, I think the the one advantage with the up-and-coming uh, world tour is the fact that we will be doing an evening with. So obviously that's going to allow us much more time than we normally uh, have. Uh, so that in itself just opens up our catalog with a, a little bit more um comfort and we're not just so stressed out saying you know we don't have enough time to play all these songs that need to be played or that haven't been played in in quite some time so we we've already had those conversations and pretty much the set list is for the most part in place as we speak really already um, that's, that's crazy yeah uh, you know we've we've had that that machine's already rolling you know like for instance like tomorrow we're we're having uh you know a huge meeting uh, with all our, our technicians and our production team and, and everything that's going to go into the live um, presentation. And it's pretty incredible. We're really stoked and excited with with all the concepts that are going to be going on for that. But, you know, that, that machine, yeah, definitely, it's, it's already started to to uh, to rumble, so to speak. Right. And um, But as far as the set list, you know, we, we, we a lot of that is pretty much, you know, it's put forth to us by... Where you know you, you just simply ask yourself, what haven't we played for a while, and which songs from the current album uh, should we be focusing on when we first hit the road, and which songs are we going to start bringing out later on in in the world tour mm. from the current album, and and that's kind of how you go about it, and it pretty much you know comes together. Uh, quite it's also one of those things where it's hard to please everybody. There's there's that random oh. favorite song by somebody that that you can't Absolutely. play, you know. Uh, and and you get that. I mean, you know, obviously like we were all joking the other day. We were saying, you know, wait until after the first show. I'm sure somebody's going to come on and go, "What the hell? You know, <laughs> they didn't play this or that." And so, well, what can we do? You know, we're only human. We only have so much time, and uh, right. we're not about to do an eight-hour show each <laughs> night. <laughs> you know, so it's just impossible. So. Well, but yeah, uh, it's all good. listen, James, I, it's it's really been an honor for me to, to speak with you and kind of pick your brain on some of this stuff. It, it, it's really been great. And good luck with the albums and uh, all the projects you have going on. Well, thanks, Roy, and appreciate it. And I've had a, a great time hanging out. All sure. right, and I'll, uh, I'll see you at the next Dream Theater show. Okay, take right, care. Man, take it easy. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. To end the show, we're going to play something off the James Labrie Impermanent Residence, the uh, first track called Agony. Check out the progreport.com for more information and uh, upcoming interviews. Thanks.
Cannot give up 